This episode of Power Gauntlet is brought to you by Streets Ablaze. Streets Ablaze is a 3D side-scrolling beat-em-up adventure that takes you on a wild ride from thug-filled city streets to a congested subway system and even across dimensions. Grab a friend and get ready to unleash powerful combos and special attacks as you fight through gangs of cronies, hordes of minions, and unique bosses as you chase down the evil Lord Blackhorn. Get Streets Ablaze for PC on Steam Early Access today. Find the link to Streets Ablaze in the description below. Yeah, I'm trying to get rid of this cold. <coughs> I'm like on the last few days. Boy, it's been fucking terrible. Yeah, I know. I've been popping uh, airborne emergency for the last three weeks, and I'm just on the verge. Like I've got, I can feel it wanting to come on, but I think every day I just kind of fight it <laughs> off slowly but surely. But it's, it's creeping. <laughs> I know. I've been just pounding back vitamin C for, <laughs> for a while now. And, uh, yeah, I mean, just nothing. It just has to happen. It just has to go through your whole thing. I've been taking zinc and all that stuff. Yeah. But I don't know if that even works. Yeah, I sacrificed a lamb last week to help me to fight it <laughs> off. I, just, I still feel it, so we'll see. Welcome back to Power Gauntlet this episode. I've got Chris with Telesplash Gaming with me. We're talking arcade games. What's up, Chris? Hey, what's up, Steve? Thanks for having me. Hey, not a problem. Thanks for wanting to come on. Uh, Chris, you've got a YouTube channel, and uh, it's pretty cool. You've got it like you do <laughs> jujitsu and gaming yeah, at the same yeah. time, which is like it doesn't – those two don't really compute, you know? No, no, they definitely don't. You know, they call jujitsu like like chess match, like a chess match where like – you know, there's checkers and there's chess, and jujitsu is like the chess match of grappling. It's always one move after another, and so uh, I thought it computed well with gaming, but it doesn't really make any sense. But uh, I make it work. You know, here and there, I'll throw in some flair and kind of make it make it my own. But uh, yeah, kind of two of my hobbies. I wanted to combine them, so that was kind of where that came from. It's interesting because like most people think that video games are more for, you know, I put it in air quotes, nerds, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. like, I mean, I'm a pretty big dude. I fucking weightlift, played football. <laughs> Even a lot of the star football players on my team, like, I realize that they grew up watching Dragon Ball Z and playing Pokemon. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, it's yeah. not just, like, cut and dry. You have to 100%. fall into this category to be this, right? Yes. It's definitely, like, the jock, the nerd, the you know, the smart, the smartest person, the valedictorian, like that's all, it's all stereotypical because it's funny because as a kid, you see these kind of tropes and cartoons and movies. And then as you get older, you're like, man, I am all of those things, not the valedictorian, <laughs> but you know, I'm a nerd, I'm a jock. I, I do it all. And I realize more and more that that's just kind of everybody's this Heinz 57 of hobbies. So it's, it's funny when you hear about it. It's like, yep, that's right. Cause I saw, yeah, you're, you're jacked, man. You're freaking huge. So Oh, to, you're making me a lunch. I'm, 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 I got <laughs> some the, cosplaying of He-Man or something. I've got the the uh, body type of like a strong man, like a really small strong man. I, I'm not shredded at all. I'm not an Arnold Schwarzenegger, but I do move some weight around. I'll, I'll give myself a little bit of credit. <laughs> I'm built like Kevin Hart, so <laughs> uh, yeah, it works. That's pretty good. Hey, I don't want to fuck with you. You got the jujitsu <laughs> stuff. It's not about strength with jujitsu. That's it. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, my two hobbies, gaming and uh, jujitsu. And then 
as you mentioned, definitely uh, big into arcades. I love arcades. So yeah, so I um, saw uh, the latest uh, video of that you well not the latest one, but one of the more recent ones about you unboxing that. Uh, what kind of arcade was it again? It's it's called the At Games Legends Ultimate Arcade. It's always a mouthful. I always have to look it up because I forget exactly what it's called. But it's essentially a new arcade from At Games, who is traditionally known for putting out absolute garbage. I mean, I'm not even sugarcoating it. They put out those really cheap knockoff, like plug and play systems that you take home for 25 bucks. And you're like, this is like the Frogger that I don't remember. You know, this is not exactly the Pac-Man that I played as a kid, but you just deal with it. That's what you have. Well, they finally released this arcade and mind blowingly, it's one of the best arcades that has been released in the last few years for like the home market. I mean, it's, it's awesome. It really is pretty cool. Yeah, because I've only heard of the arcade one-ups. I even yeah. I haven't even heard of the at games arcade, and so I was just like, "What the heck is this?" And it looks yeah. really, really well made, and it looks very solid. Yeah, it is. I mean, for like I said, the arcade one-ups, like you were saying, are really good. I love that they brought those back because arcades are really like an seventies, eighties, nineties thing, and then you still see arcades pop up, but they're not like they were when you and I were kids. Like they were big deal growing up. And now everything is available in your, on your console and you might see an occasional arcade here and there, but they're not like they were when I was younger. And so arcade one up has done us all a huge service by bringing in these nostalgic arcades and making them affordable for people. And at games obviously saw that and created one that I feel is a big step up in quality. Now the price is obviously more, but it has everything you need and it has internet access, Bluetooth capabilities. You can add your own games. I mean, it's, there's a plethora of uh, things you can do with it. And so that's why I picked it up. Cause it's like an all in one arcade that you would never really need to get another one if you didn't want to. Yeah. Does it feel good in the hand? Like, is it uh, comparing the two arcade one up and ad games? Are those like top tier or are there better ones? Like, unless you're going to build your own. Right. Yeah, you know, so I think for just the general consumer, because I think if you get into like an, a Reddit arcade forum, people are going to be like, those are garbage, which, you know, in a way, yes, they're not using these ridiculously expensive Sanwa joysticks and HAP buttons. But with that being said, for, you know, 300, 350 bucks for arcade one up, you're getting a working arcade with multiple games. That's pretty good. The buttons don't feel great. The joysticks are OK. The quality is mediocre, but they hold up to my kids beating on them and arcade one up, like I said, has brought in so many classic games that for that, I will never fault them. At Games saw that, and they brought in a product that's bigger, so it's not the miniature arcade. It's a full-size arcade cabinet. It has better buttons, better joystick spinners, has the trackball, and then again, it has the internet capabilities. So you can actually stream games, let's say, from your Steam library onto your arcade. So for instance, I could put Mortal Kombat 11 on my Steam library and then I could play it on my At Games arcade, which I think is insane that I could have a Mortal Kombat 11 arcade essentially with any modern game. That is awesome. And, that's crazy. Yeah. And so that's where I think the the quality may not be up to what you could build, but we're not talking 2 or 3000. dollars We're talking $600 and below and the quality is still really really good. Yeah, I mean, you're going to have to put on those games anyways that run them on them those emulators when you're building your own arcade. So to even have that, an arcade cabinet that is specifically designed to play your Steam library, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, I think that's really neat. And that's the, fir they're the first ones that have really, as far as I know, embraced that. Because typically, like Arcade 1-Up has no internet capabilities. It's just got the games that came with it, and that's it. Now you can buy mods. You could add a Raspberry Pi. You can modify a bunch of stuff. But the At Games kind of eliminates the hassle of having to do that. And then you're able to just 
have an out-of-the-box arcade that has everything you need. So that's where the at games in the arcade one-up are a little bit different. And for me, the arcade one-up, again, is fantastic. It's just that's the one where you take it home, you plug it in, and you play the games that are on it. The at games is the one you take home, you play the games that are on it, but if you are buying it, you probably know that there's some major additions you can do. And that's where, to me, it's like I my mouth is watering the second that thing got released because I just thought of all the cool stuff I can do. And so far, I've done a, a, quite a few things, but there's still so much more to be done. So do you have any arcades that are by you right now? Because um, I know there's a, there's a bar, there's a few of them. I live in like Chicagoland area and uh, they have, you know, there's some where you have to buy tokens, put them in there, and then you could play like that. Or you can go to downtown Chicago and they have a few of them down there and it's a bar and all the games are free to play. However, you know, you got to buy drinks and yada, yada, yada. So sure. are there places like that around you? You know, there there are a few. We have a couple of little local arcade bars, especially with the, like, the retro gaming becoming so much more popular over the last 10 years. We've had a few local bars pop up that have a few arcades, pinball machines, and then some consoles. And those are really fun. Kind of like you said, you go in, they're free to play, and you're able to play whatever games. The hard part is we don't have any huge arcades like when I grew up where you would go and, let's say, order pizza, and you'd have a pizza party, and there'd be 25 arcades, and you would just you know, get five, 10 bucks from your parents and just try to squeeze those quarters out. I mean, one of my favorite memories as a kid was going to a pizza parlor and running out of quarters and going and pushing the coin release button on every single arcade. And you always <laughs> somehow managed to get like two or three quarters out of a few different arcades. And that's just something where my son will never experience that. Like he's never going to be running around scrambling for quarters because it's just not really a thing now. Like you just don't see it. So we have a few little arcade bars, but Nothing quite like how I grew up, you know, gaming. Yeah, I mean, there's there definitely have been a few games. Um, I remember at my old mall before it closed down, we went for like a first grade field trip, and we stopped there because they had like an arcade and food court and all that stuff. And I sit there and remember playing Marvel vs. Capcom two. Yes, you know, with like Venom and War Machine, and <clears throat> I'm sitting there just playing, 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 and I was on a roll. I don't understand how because I was first grade. <laughs> So I, I probably dropped out on a dollar, two dollars into it, but I ended up getting like the high score, and I was like, "This is the best moment of my life," you know. And the I was pinnacle. like, "Pinnacle." Yeah, but I was—I didn't beat the boss, but I still got the high score. So, what uh, what gaming memories do you have like that? You know, I have so many gaming memories of just, uh, like I said, going to this pizza parlor. I'm from Moses Lake, Washington, and it was called Out of Bounds Pizzeria, and my dad's buddy owned it and his wife, and they opened it up, so we'd go there all the time, watch baseball games we'd watch any sports that were on they'd have beer they'd have pizza and i would always go to this arcade section and i remember playing um and this is a little bit later in the arcades that off-road challenge the super off-road where mm -hmm. you actually sit in it and you're driving a dune buggy and yeah it was just so cool to like sit in his dune buggy and drive this off-road challenge you know i used to have ivan stewart for the nes and i think that's why i was drawn to it because it's like the next level and just being in that kind of miniature truck driving it around was so cool and then when I came to college in Spokane, Washington, they had a Pac-Man machine. And I remember putting some quarters into that and getting the highest score out of all the college. For, you know, I don't know how long that had been there, but I definitely had the top score for quite a while with that Pac-Man machine. And that was, you know, I was 18 years old. So that was uh, pretty cool, hitting that old classic arcade up and taking the high score home with me. You're going to have to go find that Pac-Man Pac machine like they did in uh, Seinfeld with the Frogger machine. I don't know if <laughs> yes, I know. That'd be cool. You know, I haven't been back there in a while. I, I wonder if they still have it. It's uh, Pac-Man's a classic. There's there's some games that just never get old. Yeah, I mean, there's a plenty of games that I remember growing up. Even in college, we had a uh, Metal Slug 
machine. Yeah. And, you know, they had it in a small game room where they had whatever. But, uh, yeah, I mean, just Turtles in Time, like the Simpsons arcade games, I remember those growing up very vividly. And just yeah. even, even finding those in places like in a bowling alley now, House of the Dead, Time Crisis. Like oh, yeah, Time Crisis, the light gun shooters. Yeah, they'll have those games and don't even want to go bowl. I just want to sit there in the arcade section. Yeah, and just because play. you don't get to play them. I mean, that's just, it's hard to get that at home. And, and I think that's the biggest thing for me. Um, I was born in 85, so I grew up like in the heart of the major, you know, arcade boom, late 80s, early 90s, spending tons of money there. I mean, I say tons of money. It was like $4. I mean, my parents weren't handing out dollar bills all the time, yeah. but just being able to grow up playing some of the basic stuff like Frogger and Pac-Man and then seeing games now that you sit in there. It's like a 4D experience like House of the Dead Scarlet Dawn where you jump into basically like a gigantic photo booth and there's air blowing at you. It's rumbling around. You got realistic looking zombies chasing you. You're scrambling for reloads, hitting life bars. I mean, the way the arcade scene has changed has been I mean, amazing. I'm, I'm glad that I've lived in this era where I'm able to see the kind of the basics. And then mm-hmm. now we're in photorealistic graphics. Like it's just, it still blows my mind when I see stuff. Cause I'm like, I can't believe we've come this far in you know 20 years like it's crazy yeah there's uh there was a place called uh disney quest i don't know if you hmm. remember this but um i don't know how many they opened but disney quest was like an entirely huge like three-story arcade it was oh they had everything they had need for speed racers 18 deep you know they had the 3d virtual wow. reality they had all these fucking cool things but they i guess you know arcade in downtown chicago taking up fucking two floors probably <laughs> uh not gonna pay the bills um but yeah that was just experiencing that was unbelievable and that it closed down after a year and i was like god damn it that's I've, too bad i want to have that experience again but there is like no place that is ever gonna you know there's no feasible way that's why these home consoles seem so fucking good they just seem yeah. awesome. You could put whatever game you want on there. I remember buying, because I was going to build my own cabinet. I don't know if you have any experience building a cabinet. I bought a controller setup, and I had like two sets of joysticks, and I had a trackball in the middle. And I was, A tank stick? I forget what it's Some called. XRK to have an X across the middle of it? Yeah. It did have like an X. It was called Retro X or some shit. Hmm. But um, I have it in my storage over there somewhere, so um, <laughs> I'll have to bust it out. But uh, yeah, I, I was going to build it. And then I just never got around to it. Like I framed out the cabinet and then I got to like the computer portion. I was like, eh, yeah, I'll get to it later. And then I just never did it. And my dad threw away the cabinet and I was like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, those cabinets are kind of hard to come by even now. It's like, oh, a hundred bucks for an old cabinet, you know, that's beat up and you got to do some work. But I, um, I have built a cabinet. I actually have a main cabinet in my uh, game room. So I have a bunch of arcades that I purchased and then I built a main cabinet with a couple joysticks and hooked it up to a 42 inch TV. And it's, uh, it's pretty cool. So yeah, I've. I've got some experience building them and doing the programs and things. It's a lot of work, but it definitely is one of those where it kind of fixed that nostalgic feel. Mm-hmm. But um, going back to what you said, like Disney Quest, this year we went to Portland Metro Gaming Expo. It was myself, Gaming Off the Grid, and Sean of the Nerd Lair. And we all met up at this place called Game Quest in downtown Seattle, which sounds a lot like Disney Quest. A couple stories, hundreds of arcade games from the classics to modern. And we had so much fun going in and just and it's a full like barcade so you can eat you can drink and you can play the arcade games and we played house of the dead we played this new tomb raider shooting game we had so much fun and time went by so fast and it was one of those moments where 
as an adult, you have that major like nostalgic, like, wow, this is exactly how I remember being a kid. It was one of those moments, I think, for all of us where we were able to hang out and play. And I was like, wow, I'm going back to my youth. This is amazing. Yeah. yeah. So fun. <laughs> and I actually have money now so I can afford to play more than three arcade games. So yeah. that was also the selling point. <laughs> That's definitely true. I remember going to like there's a couple Dave and Busters around here that uh, it's like more of a commercialized uh, arcade yeah. experience. But they charge so much fucking money. They charge yeah. like a dollar a play and then they crank up the difficulty so high where it's just you feel cheated out of your money. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, that's the one thing about like doing some arcade emulation is when you get to play some of those classic games that you could never beat as a kid and you start pushing the coin button knowing that you're not really putting quarters in, but you add it up in your head. It's like, holy crap, this game would have cost me $20 just to beat it because it's <laughs> such cheap boss mechanics. Like The Simpsons is notorious. I love The Simpsons. But that game, if you don't know what you're doing, like if you're not speedrunning or playing every day, I mean – the first time I went through and beat that game, I'm not kidding. I probably put 15 or $20 worth of credits in the machine because I was just getting owned. <laughs> I was just getting wrecked nonstop. And I'm like, as a kid, I, I didn't have a chance. Like, I didn't have a single chance to beat this game unless I had three other buddies with me and we each were combining our dollars and hoping that somehow we could miraculously beat this game. But great game. Yeah, those are – so what's one of your favorite arcade games? You know, I think we all kind of grew up playing Turtles in Time and TMNT and I have the same memories. But, you know, I have this game that's just complete dog shit. It was called Pit Fighter and I don't know <laughs> why I loved this game. So basically I think it's because of like Jean-Claude Van Damme and Arnold Schwarzenegger and all those guys were huge in the 80s. And so you were just – they were larger than life. Well, Pit Fighter, you basically are in this underground fighting game. And it's like realistic kind of like uh, Mortal Kombat style where they have the digitized graphics. Mm -hmm. And so I think I was like nine years old playing this. And you're basically just beating people up in this underground fight. And there's like women and there's money. And as a kid, I guess it's just like the American dream. You got women and money surrounding you after you beat somebody <laughs> to death. I don't, I don't know what it was. But my nine-year-old self absolutely loved that game. So I popped it back in probably about, I don't know, three years ago. And I was like, yes, Pit Fighter. That game sucks so bad. <laughs> it is not good at all. But it's one of those games I have such good memories because you're just blinded by what was going on and you didn't have the internet or reviews to tell you what was good or bad. It was just your own personal experience. And I just, I love that. So that's one of those games that it's not a good game. Like it's never going to be on a top 100 arcade game, but it's one of those where you've got to play it to experience how bad it is. But then think about being eight or nine going, okay, I can see what the appeal to this is like it's just you're just fighting people to the death and it was like lionheart with john claude van damme or blood sport basically so it was pretty cool i mean not a good game so i wouldn't invest a whole lot of time into it but <laughs> definitely check it out do you have a like roulette of games that you that you pull from that you play from time to time on, in your arcade you know i do and it kind of depends on who's over so um lately i've got a couple games that i would say 85 percent of people have probably never even played or heard of and it's horseshoes it's called Shoes and it's Shuffleboard with the trackball. And they are some of the best party games for arcade if you don't want to do a side-scrolling beat-em-up. Yeah. And Horseshoes, it's like playing horseshoes. You have the rollerball, you got to fling it forward. And every five rounds, there's a beer round. So whoever whoever has the worst throw on the fifth round has to buy the beer because it was typically a bar game. Well, what we do now is we'll do shots or something to make it more of an adult party game. So whoever has the worst throw has to go over and take a shot of fireball or something. So it makes it kind of fun, um, but it's competitive. And then shuffleboard, you know, if you've ever played shuffleboard, you're sliding these little uh, pucks across this table and you're trying to get the most points. So those games for being arcadey, but they're kind of realistic are really fun party games that most people probably never played, but they really hold up. 
Yeah, so the only bar game that I've played recently has been like Golden Tea. We were playing that. That was one of the three we were playing this weekend. Yeah? <clears throat> that one is like a huge coin grab, but it is so fun. I I hate golf games <laughs> just for the fact like if you fuck up one little little bit. Oh, yeah, you're done. You're done. Like there's no coming back from it. Yeah, I would lose so much money. I'm like, motherfucker, how do people <laughs> do it? And then it'll show replays yeah. about people. I'm like, there's no way that is real. Like that has to be completely fucking fake. <laughs> Old Farnham the drunk spends every Saturday there. So he's got golden tea down to a science at this point. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, well, I, I'll get like a birdie and I'm thinking I'm on top of the world. And then I hit in the water and I'm getting a quadruple bogey and I'm in last place. And yeah, golden tea is a fun game, but definitely frustrating. Um, the other one that we play a lot are the arcade sports games. You can never go wrong playing NBA Blitz, NBA or NFL, NFL Blitz, NBA Jam. Those two are like always in rotation. Yeah. Because someone comes over, it's like, you guys want to get your ass whooped at some blitz? And it's like, oh, yeah. So you're power bombing, body slamming. You know, we just, that's the best. Like, I love Madden too, but I mean, NFL Blitz is like the ultimate, like, hey, let's pick this up, let's play it. And uh, it, it never gets old. The trash talking ceases to, um, never ceases to amaze me. The amount of stuff that we hear, it's like, okay, well, can't put this on the YouTube channel. Yeah. <laughs> I remember but, NFL Blitz playing with, uh, I'm a Bears fan, but the Bears suck oh. in that game. So uh, I would play as Denver because they would have John Elway, and his arm would be ridiculous, you know? <laughs> yeah, Elway and Terrell Davis. Yeah, it, it was insane. I love fucking – I remember playing that game so many times. And that, they can't, I don't know why they don't recreate it. I mean, I think they have, but it's just it, – it doesn't, it doesn't have that same feel. I know they made NBA Jam again. Yeah. Um, I played NBA Jam, the original – was uh, for Sega Genesis, like what I originally played it for. And we played as the Chicago Bulls, but with Scotty Pippen and Horace Grant. So <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize that was an arcade game until, you know, I went to, we have a celebration station or a discovery zone here. And uh, I played it there. I was like, oh, nah, this one's so much better than the one on for Sega. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. And it's one of those, again, as a kid, you almost don't notice the difference in graphics because you're just blinded by it. But then you notice it now. And NBA Jam... NFL Blitz, those games that they had for like Nintendo 64 and PlayStation, and they're good. But the best console version is probably like Dreamcast. That's the closest one to the arcade port. Same thing for like Marvel versus Capcom 2. Great arcade game, but the port's the best one is probably for Dreamcast. Yeah. And, um, you know, for me, the, the newer NFL Blitz games, they just don't feel the same. I think because they have so much – everybody's so soft right now about like CTE, the head. I get it. Like I, I'm all about <laughs> like protecting players. But this is a video game. We have games where going around in Grand Theft Auto literally murking whoever's walking by you. And we're nervous about what kids are going to see by tackling somebody. Like, are you kidding me on an on NFL blitz? Like, okay, take some of the language out if you want. But, like, let me powerbomb this guy. Like, he deserves it. Like, that's part of the game. Like, powerbomb, clothesline, <laughs> leg drops. Like, that's what makes NFL blitz. Let me rush the passer. Like, no one needs to take injuries out of the game. Then they don't have to worry about it. Like, just let me annihilate him. That's what makes NFL blitz fun. And the newer ones have been a little bit uh, – a little bit soft in some of that regard. Yeah. Although they had a game called Blitz the League, which didn't have any relation to the NFL, and they had like bone snapping. So I mean, I guess they took it from one extreme to the other. It was like, well, we're gonna go from nothing to we're gonna snap this guy's spine in the middle of the game and see how that turns out. So, <laughs> so I, remember, I think they're kind of soft, lost in that translation somewhere in the middle. They need to find that middle ground. Blitz the League came out for like PlayStation Three, right, or maybe late PlayStation yeah. Two. And yeah. did, couldn't two, you take three, like yep. steroids and stuff like that? And just exactly, <laughs> yeah. So that's why I'm like, oh my gosh, like, okay, guys, I'm not asking you to like go all the way to the other side. I'm just saying, like, let's not make it soft. Like, this is football. Let's have some sweet hits. This is what Blitz is. It's an arcade sports game. It's not like Madden. I get like Madden. You don't want to cross the line and annihilate Tom Brady and 
put him into a wheelchair for the rest of his life. But this is a video game made on a previous game that we knew as a total over-the-top, big heads, you know, no defense. I mean, just ridiculous. So we can do that. And they're like, okay, we'll give you what you want. Steroids, broken bones, cheerleaders. Like, okay, well, I mean, I guess like that's, that works, but it wasn't quite what I was asking. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you make the, the tackles so over the top, it's just not even realistic anymore, but it is fun looking. It's like the old, yeah. the old, like uh, WWE, no mercy or WWF, yes. no mercy or WrestleMania. Yep. Like it's just so over the top. It's never going to happen, but it's great. Like it doesn't yeah. fall, but that's why the, that's the problem with new wrestling games is that they make it so uh, – they're going for realism so much yeah. that they lose the whole fun factor of <laughs> the wrestling game itself. Like I just want to powerbomb this dude through the yeah. announce table and have shit go everywhere. That's all I want exactly. to do. They make yep, it so no, complicated I, how to do that. I hear you. Yeah, the newer ones, they look great. And But my son, he's eight. He's been playing WWE 2K19, uh, and he – is pretty good at it, but I'm watching what he's doing. It's like that is so much work to do a finisher. What happened to just flicking the stick and doing a grapple? Like, yeah, let me just what happened to the good old days of just basic? And I think that that's where um, licensing and stuff kind of comes into play. Where it's like, well, how can somebody make a, a like WrestleMania the arcade game version to counteract the realistic version? So we get like the best of both worlds. So if you want that, you know, simulation style of wrestling game then we can have it. But I also want some, like you said, old school WrestleMania 2000 or No Mercy or, you know, they have Fire Pro Wrestling. They have some good games, but they're not quite the same. Yeah. And I get it's hard to get to, like, make your own... In order to license the WWF roster or WWE roster, you have to buy it off them. So it's going to be... Your game has to make a lot more money. You know, back in the day, they didn't have to worry about that. People weren't getting paid that much money like like even the nba games and the nfl games there are so many of them out there because they weren't crazy with the licensing people can make yeah. games for them you know it's not like oh only ea has the money to to buy the license this year kind of thing exactly yeah it's weird i mean i, I don't know enough about how it all works but i definitely know that there's not like a monopoly but there's kind of a monopoly on who gets to create what now and it's unfortunate when it comes to sports stuff because there's a lot of cool games that i'm like man i really miss like you said, Blitz. I mean, I miss um, the different T- THQ and you know versions of wrestling games. It's like, oh man, I guess we're just gonna have to stick with WWE 2K20, which is the <laughs> biggest glitch fest I've ever seen yes. in the last ten years. I saw your unboxing video of that. <laughs> That's the best part about that game is that unboxing video. Oh my god! <laughs> to find a ring like that, where did you find that ring? That is at my gym where I do jujitsu. So it's a full MMA gym. So we have a cage, we have a ring for boxing, um, we have mats. So basically, I just filmed it after I did practice one day. I just changed outfits and said, "Let's go do this." And the guy that's in the video is actually our black belt. So he's cool, Jesse. So we uh, we filmed it there, and it was fun. I mean, I love it. Like I, that's what I like about YouTube is the filming and like putting out stuff. The hard part about it is when you're a smaller channel like myself, just getting the views. You know, I have a few videos that have gone. Not viral, but they've gotten thousands of views. And then you have another video you put out of like 83 views. You're like, damn, that thing took me so long to edit. Like you go cry in a corner for a while, <laughs> eat some dryer's ice cream, watch the notebook, and then rally. So how did you get your YouTube channel started then? You know, um, really just kind of being inspired by so many other YouTubers and both good and bad. So I'd watch some people like Metal Jesus who, you know, he had, people give him a lot of flack. But dude, that guy's awesome. He seems like a guy that's the neighbor next door, super cool and um you know, there's so many opinions on YouTube that nobody's going to make everybody happy. Not everybody's going to like my personality or yours or whatever, but that's just, that's fine. There's a million channels. So I've been watching all these channels and, uh, I was like, man, these are 
really cool. And then I watch a couple and I'm like, this guy's not that good, but he has a lot of view. Like, why are people watching him? And I'm like, because it's his personality. Like people like different personalities. So I just said, what the heck? I'm already playing games. Let's start recording him and I can put out a few videos. Well, that was a lie to myself because now I realize I'm not just taking clips from my PlayStation and uploading them to YouTube. It's like, okay, now you got to do the thumbnail. Now you got to do, you know, the background music. Got to have a cool logo and I'm, I'm pretty proud. So I can't just have bad editing. I got to at least do a decent job editing and get a good camera. So it, it went from like this tiny little snowflake to a full on snowman built in my front yard now. So <laughs> that's kind of how I got started watching videos uh, loving the content, but saying, well, I, I have some opinions on that same game, or I have some top five lists that I think would be cool. And I think people would like to listen to and watch. So that's kind of how I got going. What, uh, what other ventures are you pursuing? Cause I know you get like an Instagram, you have Twitter, you know, for the most part, it's kind of promoting videos, but I'll also put like every once in a while, I'll put stuff that I'm doing. Cause I don't want it to be a constant feed of just, Hey, watch my video, watch my video. Cause I mean, it's, you know, I'm, I'm a, I've got a personality outside of gaming. Um, so it's like, I want people to see like, Hey, I'm at this local arcade bar, check this out. Or, Hey, look what I got in the mail and you know, stuff like that. So not too much personal stuff because at the end of the day, people are watching the channel to see gaming stuff. So they probably don't care if my kids won their soccer game five to two or something. But, um, <laughs> at the end of the day, it's mainly going to be gaming related stuff, but it's, you know, to promote my channel and grow and, and just, I mean, I love meeting people like yourself and like Sean and Robert and Wes at Game of the Grid. And I've just met some really, really cool people. And so it's fun when you connect through social media where you've never met people in person, but you have a ton in common and you're able to like bounce ideas off each other and do collaborations. I love doing collabs with other content creators. So it's just fun. Like it's a weird community for never, it's like online dating. It's like you don't meet them, but you feel like you're connected to them. You know, it's like weird. Like it's just a, a weird type of, uh, connection you get with all these other gamers where I feel like I could go to their house and hang out with them and we'd be good buddies. I've never even seen them before. Yeah. So you actually met those guys at a, what is it? RetroCon, right? Yeah. So Portland Retro Gaming Expo, basically it's a huge gaming convention in the Pacific Northwest. And yeah, I mean, Robert and Wes flew to Seattle. Uh, Sean lives in Seattle and I live in Spokane, which is on the Eastern Washington on the border of Idaho. So I drove over with my brother, my buddy, Jesse met Robert and Wes there at GameQuest, like we were waiting for him, we walked in and it was literally like old buddies in high school that hadn't seen each other in six or seven years. Gave a high five, a hug, and we're like, dude, let's play some games and grab a beer. And that was it. And then we shared hotels. I mean, it was weird. It was like my wife's like, are you really going to share a hotel with these guys that you just met online a year ago and never met? I'm like, absolutely. <laughs> you bet you I'm going to spoon them both too. You see it. So She's like, they're going to wear your skin. <laughs> exactly. We got Buffalo Bill over here running around <laughs> GameQuest. So, uh... Yeah, it was it was awesome. Like we, it, those three days were so much fun, and I'm gonna go visit them in Iowa this year and hang out. So it's like never, you know, not being friends. It's like we've been friends forever. It's one of the coolest things I've ever experienced. And if nothing else, at least YouTube has given me that kind of new look on life and how it's like, wow, you can actually meet some really cool people through this through this you know content creation website. Yeah, that is really cool, man. Yeah, those are. Robert, Wes, Sean, those guys are really good guys. I had a really great time with them when we were recording. Um, when you guys do meet up, what are you going to play against them? You know, we have been talking about uh, – they're big wrestling fans. I'm big wrestling fans. We've been talking about WWF, like No Mercy, and they think they're pretty good. But I'm going to give them an ass-whooping of a lifetime <laughs> when I see them. That's for sure. So that's going to – we're going to play some of that. We're definitely going to play some NBA Jam. Uh, Robert – and I took out Wes and uh, BK. BK was the other guy that came in. He doesn't really have a YouTube channel, but he's a good buddy. So we took him out. So I think we're going to have to have a rematch on that. 
and they always drink a lot of really uh, mediocre beer on their channel. So I'm going to see what they got here. <laughs> I'm going to see if they can see if they can sway, persuade me. You know, I'm a big Chilada drinker, Bud Light and Clamato. That's pretty much the only thing I drink. So they think they're going to persuade me to drink some better stuff. So we'll see. But it's going to be basically a bunch of high school kids hanging out, except we're in our 30s. Except Robert. He's like 24. <laughs> young buck. Yeah, he is a little, little bit younger than us. But yep. uh, that is pretty funny. So you're a Coors Light drinker, Miller Light yeah, I don't know. I like the light beer. I mean, something that's light. I just, I, I, I want to like good beer. I really do. Like, it's one of those things where I'm like, I'm going to try a new beer and I try it. And I'm like, God, what a waste. I hate this thing. <laughs> it's like sushi. Like sushi is the same way. I want to like sushi. Everybody loves sushi. Can't do it. I just can't eat sushi. So these guys are big beer drinkers. I always want to love all the beer they talk about, but I just can't I just don't like my, my palate is just not mature enough for their tastes. Apparently. No, it's the same way. So I started drinking scotch back in the day, and mm. that just tasted like absolute gasoline. Horrible, <laughs> right? And just for whatever reason, you just get an acquired taste to it, then it just starts tasting better and better and better and better. Then you can realize the difference between a good scotch and a bad scotch, and then something that you thought was bad ends up being good, and then something you thought was good ends up being shit just yeah. because <laughs> how your palate changes over time. They I drink wish a- my palate changed with gaming sometimes because <laughs> I still think shitty games are shitty most of the time. Like Friday the 13th for the NES. <laughs> oh, come on. At least that has a good aesthetic to it. At least it I'm looking at it I'm like, this game, yeah, this brings me back a little bit. Uh, there's, so many, there's so many bad games. But it, that, that's the thing about you know tastes and gaming is that you are able to basically have your own flavor. And if you love a game and everybody else hates it, the cool thing is you can enjoy that game. You can enjoy that beer, that food. So it's always funny because I always love people's opinions or like reviews. Um, like I'll go to IGN and they're like, oh, this game's amazing, 9 out of 10. Then you go to GameStop or GameSpot. It's like mediocre, 5 out of 10. It's like, well, okay. Like one person obviously likes that game and one person obviously hates it. So where do I sit? And then you play it and you're like, okay, it's good. Yeah. You know, it's not bad. Yeah, you know, and that's how it is. I mean, you have to get used to people and how they review stuff. And that's why I don't take all these reviews with – you know, I take all reviews with a grain of salt. I don't want yeah. to – Say, oh, he's right, or he's right, or he didn't buy it, I'm not going to buy it, whatever. What do you recommend that we play if we can find it at our arcade? You know, it's one of the rarest games, so you probably won't find it, so I'll give you a couple. One, it's called Ninja Baseball Batman, and it's basically a side-scrolling wait em up <laughs> Wait a minute, wait a minute. You can just <laughs> throw a title out there. <laughs> like so, Ninja Batman so Baseball. Yeah, Ninja Baseball Batman. Okay, so here's the thing. It doesn't actually have... Batman, like the Cape Crusader in it. So we can throw him out. Okay. But when I first heard of it, uh, I was like, Batman Ninja? Like, okay, this is kind of weird. Like, what is this? So basically, it's a, I believe, Japanese-inspired or Japanese-created game <clears throat> that only got a few arcade um, actual cabinets over in the U.S. And you are, a, it's a parody of baseball. So you are playing as a baseball. There's different, like, your names are like, not Jose Canseco, but I forget the actual name, but they're parodies of professional baseball players. And somebody came into basically the Baseball Hall of Fame and took the artifacts, and you are having to go through multiple levels and get your artifacts back. <laughs> and it sounds like the most generic beat-em-up, but it is a really fun side-scrolling beat-em-up that if you haven't played it, definitely download it, check it out. It's, it's like a Ninja Turtles, except it's just so different and over the top. And the like the, the characters are just funny. I mean, you got bats. I mean, everything's baseball-related. So just imagine the most over-the-top baseball, like, glove and all of a sudden it's got teeth and it's fighting you. you know what I mean stuff like that where it's just it's dumb so that one you probably won't find at a local arcade but if you're at like a gaming expo you might be able to find it there and that'd be one where you're like okay I need to find this game at this expo because I heard it's pretty cool and I may only get one chance to play it in my life so that one's pretty cool 
awesome. That is fucking hilarious. Yeah, I would never yeah, it's, thought it's, to, like that. It's a game hidden gem for sure, but it's one that you can't, you're not going to get your hands on unless you have just an, a bunch of money to spend. And even then, it's it, it's one game. So to have that cabinet would be almost scary. It's like don't don't play it. Like I don't want to ruin it. You know, it's like be <laughs> so weird with the board. It. Just look at it. Just just put it in a glass case and put like on the, the the attract mode so you can kind of see what it's like. But yeah, Ninja Baseball Batman, that's a pretty fun one. And then if you're taking somebody that hasn't ever played arcades, um, there's I mean, I think the classics are almost the easiest or the light gun shooters. For me, uh, gaming off the road are huge on House of the Dead, like you said, time crisis, because even someone that isn't like my dad, who's maybe not a huge gamer, you hand him a pistol and tell him to shoot zombies or shoot uh, these terrorists. They can get into that. So that's a fun one for anybody like to play for a few minutes. And everybody has fun playing light gun games. So I think if you're taking someone who's not really big into gaming, you want to slowly ease them in real nice like, take them <laughs> to a light gun game, just give them the gun and say, when you need to reload, put it off screen, then come back to the screen and start blasting. That's a really easy one. Yeah. I mean, so those are those are perfect for that. That's definitely the one my wife and I play whenever we go, like before a movie. We'll you know, mm-hmm. go play some Time Crisis just because it is simple. It's easy. You know, you press the pedal to go behind yep. something to release it to come out. Yes. But yeah, that um, – all right. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, give us uh, – I guess we're finishing up here. Give us some uh, final thoughts on arcade gaming and why it means a lot to you. You know, arcade gaming to me – is just it's a major nostalgic thing, and I always say like nostalgia is like one of the biggest drugs, biggest rushes this world's ever experienced. Because there's nothing like walking in somewhere and going, "Oh, that smells like grandma's house." You know what I mean? And gaming is like that for me, where you you walk into an arcade and you are like, "I remember where I saw this arcade for the first time." I remember sitting next to my friend Mario and playing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles before school on his SNES. So that is why I love arcades because it's something that is really hard to replicate in modern day because everything is online now. So you can play over the internet, you can play on your console, but that next to your buddy, shoulder to shoulder gaming experience is just one of the greatest things that I think everybody that's a gamer needs to experience a few times in their life where you go in, you play these arcade games and you get to have that camaraderie and banter back and forth where it's not through a headset, it's not through the internet. You're putting in your money to play a game. And for me, that is just one of the, funnest things as a kid knowing that you had four dollars in your pocket and you had to strategically map out your route across this arcade to play all the games you wanted with your buddies and try to beat at least one game you know whenever you went and it never happened never had enough money (laughs) yeah you you know you bring up a really good point about standing there shoulder to shoulder and sometimes with four people you know just huddled around one screen and just playing this game over and over, just popping in quarter after quarter, trying to beat <laughs> these bosses. I guess, yeah, that's very hard to replicate in a modern gaming. Yeah, because you just press start and you got a life. Or, you know, you don't have any quarters and you just sit there and watch your friends beat it. And you're like, oh, I kind of beat it, but I didn't have enough quarters, so I didn't technically get to beat it. Like, it's just, it just it's funny. It's like weird and people that aren't into it aren't going to understand it. But people that are going to be like, I understand exactly what he means by that because that's why gaming and arcades are so fun. And by having arcade one-ups and these at games, bringing them home, you get to experience that. Now, the only negative thing about it is there's no coins, so you get to pump as many quarters as you want into it. So if you're playing Ninja Turtles and you take it home to your kids to show them what it was like, they, those kids get to put $100 worth of quarters in and beat the game on their first run. So they get the feel of it, but they don't get the full <laughs> the full pain of having to you know stop at Bebop and Rocksteady and not make it pass. So I got an idea. It's one you. of those. 
I got an idea for you. You're gonna, <laughs> Let's hear it. You're gonna put a little piggy bank right next to the arcade. <laughs> They're gonna plop in quarters. Boom, boom. Every time they need a life, and then you just take Good that, idea. and then you just buy beer with it. <laughs> That's a great idea, and <laughs> and that wow. way they get the satisfaction, or you get the satisfaction of having beer. And they get the dissatisfaction of not beating the boss. Running <laughs> exactly, out of exactly. That's and that's uh, that's a great idea. I think I'm about to do that because <laughs> I don't want my kids to beat the game in a week because then they'll be sick of it and they'll collect dust. So that's you know that's the modern the modern day of gaming arcades is you know the struggle the struggle of owning an arcade now. Geez, I thought I'd never say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for coming on. Um, I've got all your links to your YouTube channel below and everything like that. Any final thing you want to add? You know, not really. Just uh, if you're a fan of arcades and a little bit of cosplay, uh, jujitsu, a little bit of jujitsu, or just gaming in general, check out Telesplash Gaming. Uh, we have a great crew. Um, we have a retro refresh crew we started up where it's like eight or nine of us, all of our different channels, different different flavors, different flair. We just kind of made this kind of Avengers Assemble style retro gaming crew to give a ton of different content from kind of all platforms, different continents. We have Europe, we have uh, North America, so it's pretty cool. So it's kind of the, the biggest plug for me is just kind of checking out the full crew we have a lot of cool people with it awesome chris thanks for coming on today that has been this episode of power gauntlet thanks for listening i appreciate it we'll see you on the next one